Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I welcome back returning guest, photographer Corel Augustus. Um, I'm really excited to have Corel back. Um, he just is in the midst of releasing his new book uh, titled Black Hollywood, Reimagining Iconic Movie Moments. Um, this is a project I know he's been working on for, I believe, over 12 years. Um, when I had him on the podcast two years ago, he was still in the midst of working on the project and finding a publisher. Um, so in this interview, we kind of go in depth about this book project and uh, this everything that kind of went into it, from producing it, shooting the photos, um, finding a publisher, and everything in between. So really excited to talk to him. He's a really dedicated photographer and getting to you know see the finished product myself a few weeks ago. It's an amazing book. Um, you can it's available now for pre-order on amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. I'll put the link in the description. And also Krell's going to be having a release party uh, this Saturday, October 1st. If you're in the Los Angeles area, um, the party the book release party is at Coyote Studios in West Hollywood. Um, you can purchase a ticket on Eventbrite. I'm going to put the link in the description if you'd like to attend the release party. Uh, it's going to be a great event, uh, which is which is with the purchase of a ticket, you'll get a copy of the book, as well as there's going to be food, drinks, entertainment, and just a really good event. A lot of different photography people, I'm sure, will be there, photographers and people in the industry. Um, so definitely going to be a great event um, celebrating the book and release of uh, Crow's project that he's been working on for so long. Um, so without further ado, uh, we'll get into the interview here with Corel Augustus. Thank you. Cool. Cool. One, two, three. All right. And now welcome back, returning guest, Corel Augustus. Uh, excited to have you back, Corel. You got a big, uh, uh, your book's coming out in a couple weeks here. Um, for people listening, um, what's the name of your book and where can they get it? Uh, the name of my book is Black Hollywood, the original reimagining iconic Hollywood moments. And the premise is I've recreated all these really cool scenes from movies and images with black celebrities and entertainers. But first, I want to say thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you again. We had the fortune of meeting each other face to face a few weeks ago, and it was such an amazing time. So thank you so much for all the support, man, since since we met. And, uh, you know, it's just been fascinating and an honor to get to know you. And I'm just appreciative of you and your art form, for sure. Yeah, yeah man, I'm excited because when, when I first interviewed you like two years ago, or it might have been a little more than two years, you we were yeah. just, you were still working on the project and you were still in the process of like finding a publisher. And I know yeah. that, that was like a whole um, uh, ordeal in itself. But like, how, how does it feel, man? Like you're a couple weeks out from like, I think October 4th is like the official, like people can order it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and whatnot. Um, but yeah. how's it, how's it feel, man? You're like at the finish line here of, of, of the finished book, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly, people have been asking me this lately. I'm going to tell you exactly how it feels. It feels like I had a dream and in my dream, I finished my book. And in the dream, I got an amazing publisher and they believe in this work so much. They put so much time and energy and marketing behind it. And uh, I woke up and it was a reality. That's exactly how I feel. Because I've had that dream and you wake up, you're like, oh man. One time I had a dream that Drake said yes to my book and I was so stoked. And then I woke <laughs> up and it was a dream. So if, if, if somebody shakes me at any given moment and I wake up from this, then it will make complete sense because it does. It feels like a living dream. 
And that's the best way that I could put it. Yeah. It's it really, really truly honestly does. No, it's exciting, man. I I saw you posted like a video, like you got the first copy in the mail like a month or two ago, and you could oh. see like, like like the emotion, this oh, like because all dude. all the hard work. Because for like people listening, like how many years have you been working on this book? The, my first shot was February of two thousand and ten. Wow, so twelve. So years. What is that? Twelve years. I did, you know, you put COVID in there. That's a year that nothing happened. And then I think I went about a year without shooting anything because what happens is you kind of get discouraged. And you get a little bit like you just exhaust yourself on being the guy that constantly has to sell himself and, and the idea to people. So uh, and sometimes I had to walk away from it because that's all everybody wanted to talk about. Yeah. And it um, sometimes I would just I would avoid people. I'm like, are they going to ask me about this book? So I just would avoid them. But yeah, it feels it feels um. It just it's 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 not bittersweet, but it also feels it almost feels like um, everybody's asking me what's next. Yeah, and I'm like, what's next? That's what's next. Yeah, yeah. I, I would <laughs> you know, imagine. You know I, mean? I mean, I've had this feeling. I've never published a book, but like I finished little projects and got little things published here and there. And like, I don't know about you, but like anytime a little like all that hard work pays off like yeah i i got extra motivated i'm like all right i'm excited like all that hard work paid off are you yeah, do you yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. obviously the the work's never done as a photographer there's always the next right. shoot the next project but do you feel right. like is there like this new excitement for the, the next project and whatnot with the book coming out or yeah what's cool is you know i have i have right now and this is more than i can say for this last this current book that's coming out i have at least 10 11 people that's like hey i'm ready to shoot for your part too yeah that's the thing that's the thing you spent 12 12 years like trying to get people to come and do it now yeah. now, now they're like oh you Carell wasn't just talking like he actually was about yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i recognize all of that i recognize the fact that nobody knew who i was and you know, they're like, okay, you're just gathering these pictures of my likeness for what? But even with that, I always thought, you know, at 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 best, you're going to end up in a book with um, all of these different, um, you know, your contemporaries, actors, mm -hmm. actresses, uh, musicians, um, you know, just people, athletes, people that you um, know, mm -hmm. you know, Grammy Award winners. Emmy winners, um, Tony winners. So it's like that's at best. At worst, it's a free photo shoot. Yeah. But I also understand that that was my perspective and that was my way of looking at, you know, well, why won't you shoot with me? Yeah. So, you know, it was really tough in the beginning when you have to sort of, when you don't have anything. I remember going to Crest Williams' house and I think when I when I left the house, I'm like, oh my God, I think he was expecting to see photographs that I had done already, but I didn't. Yeah. When I, I literally went to his house with covers of, um, you know, Say Anything and, and The Shining and Farrah Fawcett. I'm like, okay, I want to do these with African-Americans. And they're like, oh, okay, let yeah. us know when you're ready to shoot. So they really, it, it, you know, that really sort of helped me continue because it's all about people's attitudes towards you, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they're like, oh, dude, you know, get out of here. Don't call us. We're not interested. That can really damper your sort of perspective on how the rest of it is going to go. But they were really excited. And they're like, we can't wait to shoot. Let us know. And he was married to Cindy Callie at the time. 
and she um, did Psycho, mm-hmm. and it was phenomenal. And uh, I think once they started seeing that come together, and then, you know, I had 15 people, and then I had 37 people, and then I had 45, and then I had 71, and they're like, oh my God. So yeah. it was... Uh, it was it was great, but I'm I'm just really grateful for the people that said yes early early on. It, it just shows you like even when it's a personal project that you're working on, it's no different than like a commercial job because you know how like commercial right. jobs uh, when you're bidding on a job, unless you have the exact same thing in your portfolio, like they like a lot of yeah. times they won't even hire you. So it's like right. if, if you don't have that like whatever proof of concept or whatever, it's like so hard to get through. But like once you kind of got the train rolling, it it, it seems like it kind of started to take off a little more for you. Yeah, you know, and listen, let me go ahead and say this. That's that wasn't without mm-hmm. I mean, it still wasn't easy. No. You know, for me, it was gratifying seeing all it seeing the work sort of being stacked. You know, that was that was easy for me to watch. But on the flip side of that, agents and PR people and managers still were like, no, we don't we don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And that would bum me out because you're thinking, hey, I'm 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 trying to work towards this thing. And then after a while, I stopped taking that part personally, because, you know, these people have agents and PR, who sometimes can be the worst, uh, to protect them and their likeness. And I get it. So I would just, in that case, I'm like, just say no to me now so I can move on. But don't, I've had people drag me along and string me along and string me along and string me along and then say no. I'm like, okay, I can't get that time back. But then what I started doing was, in the interim, reaching out to multiple people simultaneously. And, uh, you know, one of the most gratifying things, hey, you know, we have this, my book is done, we're going to have this huge party, and I would love for you to come and, you know, be there to enjoy. And uh, and also, you know, sign the book for all the different people that's going to come and, and want us to sign. Yeah. It's really cool what they're setting up. It's really no. cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, anybody in the L.A. area, uh, October 1st, Saturday, October 1st, Coyote Studios. You can go, you can buy a ticket. I'll put the link in the description when I release the podcast, but you can buy a ticket on Eventbrite and um, you get a copy of the book. There's going to be food, drinks, dancing, people having a good time. Um, so 100%. Silent yeah. auction. Oh, shit. It's going to be silent. really cool. <laughs> All right. That's, that's yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I guess to go back, man, like when you started this project, like how did the idea first come about and like what was kind of your goal with this project? Yeah, so the, the the very first, you know, as an artist, we always are trying to sort of blend out and not blend in, right? You, and that's what photography has become because everybody with a digital camera is a photographer or everybody with a phone believes that they are. So you literally have to be conceptual and you have to do something that nobody's done and sort of make, you know, make something your own. Like you, Like I always tell you, I always know when I see a shot of yours before I read the name because <laughs> you're so it's so stylized to who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's a very hard thing to do because everybody's trying to be like somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, me doing a whole book on other people's, you know, interpreting other people's work. Yep. So it came to me by uh, the day that Michael Jackson died and I think I went on a hike and I, I couldn't believe it. And, and his music was everywhere. It was in the cars driving by, it was in the houses coming out on the street, it was in the supermarket, it was in the 7-Eleven, it was on the new, it was everywhere. And I said, you know, regardless of how you felt about Michael Jackson, you it cannot be argued that he left a legacy of his art form. And he left so much, um, 
of his creativity behind. I said, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to do something. I don't want to spend, you know, whatever amount of time on this earth and then leave it. And then nobody sort of knew that I was here. So that's how it started. And then I said, okay, what am I going to do? Photography is so complex and it's all in the, the eye of the beholder. And what can you do to sort of stand out in a crowd? I wanted to do something that was going to be challenging. <laughs> be careful what you wish for because you might get it. But yeah. something that I could commit myself to. I knew that this was not going to happen in three weeks or two months or two years. I knew that. But I was I was obviously up for the for the the long haul. And you know, and I have to say, I always say this to people, it 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 ended up happening exactly the way that I would have wanted it to happen. You know, maybe not in that time frame that it did, but everything that happened sort of happened the way I sort of, you know, wraps and dies in my head about it happening. It it sort of came that way from wanting Vanessa Williams, the first Black Miss America, as Cleopatra. And then that happened, you know, or wanting Amber uh, Stevens West as Holly Golightly, uh, Audrey Hepburn. I did not know that was going to be the cover, but I knew when she was on the TV show Greek, I'm like, oh my God, the girl is so beautiful. And she possesses this, that thing. So I constantly made connections in my head when I would see people that I knew and the shot I wanted to do. And 98% of the shots that I presented to the people, they really wanted to do them and already had a connection with what I was asking them to do. And look what happened. Um, the, the Audrey Hepburn shot became the iconic cover of the book. Yeah. So it's very exciting. You just never know. There's all these behind the scenes shots of me doing that. And I, when I shot her, I used to do videos and, and interviews of the people. And she says, you know, she goes, oh, you know, when you asked me to do this, I thought it was great. And I said, yes, because I only have two photos in my house. One is a family and the other is of Audrey Hepburn. So it's just so funny that you would ask me to, out of everybody, you chose her. So it all happened exactly the way it was supposed to. And, and like, what would you hope people would take away from looking at this work? Like, um, yeah. do you have something you would hope people would kind of take away? And I'm sure it must be it must be really interesting to you because you started this 12 years ago now. And in the past few years, obviously, with the, like the, the murder of George Floyd and uh, all the marches with Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter. Um, yes. The, the conversation in the world has changed so much since you started this project. That's right. So I just spoke at a conference uh, in Sacramento like three or four days ago, and it was in a room full of 300 booksellers mm -hmm. and buyers. So you, the idea is essentially to do what you just asked me, is to get up and talk about your work and talk about the implications of what it means. So when I started this work, I was just a photographer trying to make a name for myself that wanted to create impactful work that was going to you know, be in the world. Now, I is I, I am not blind to the fact that because of what the climate that we're in, all of these social uh, movements and where we are as a society has come into play. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Black Lives Matter, Oscar So White, Me Too, and now with the remaking of all these films, uh, you have The Little Mermaid, you have uh, you know Star Wars with John Boyega, and all these things. So you see people's discomfort with that. And these are fictitious characters. So my, what I want people to walk away with, and this is what I said at the conference is, 
even if you're having a hard time understanding it or seeing it because everybody wants to know what am I trying to say what am I trying to say what am I trying to say Mm -hmm. and I say well listen if you have eyes and you flip through my book or my calendar you'll see what I'm trying to say if the question is how do you feel then I can't answer that because I'm not your therapist yeah because at the very end of it it's just entertainment if you can't do anything else with this book allow yourself to be entertained and that's what it boils down to there's multiple discussions that can be had. We can we can light the fuse on a myriad of things, mm-hmm. but there's actually no point to do that because at the end of it, it's a movie that you either want to see or don't want to see, and that's your choice. You yeah, know? no, definitely, it's uh, it, it's amazing work. And one thing I was I was interested about, like I, I, from a creative standpoint, like. Did your process from the beginning of started shooting? Because you, the thing that's interesting working on a project this long, as you know, as a photographer, the longer you shoot, the more you grow creatively, you get smarter in how you approach oh, yeah. pr- pr- productions. Like right. when you look at the work from 12 years ago to the work um, th- that you kind of made the shot last year or whatever, um, can, uh, did your approach change how you kind of approach these shoots in those 12 years, you think? Oh, absolutely, dude. As a, as a, I thought I was a photographer in 2012. But do my lighting has, I've just grown so much as a lighter. Like I am a photographer that loves to light my own sets. I, every job I've had commercially, I will sit down and come up with diagrams for my, um, for my jobs. I don't know that people can't see me, but I have a notebook right here when I was going to shoot Edward Scissorhands and, you know, I, I, the 40 year old version, I mm-hmm. knew how I was going to light it. So when I get there, I know my equipment list. I know what I want. I know, you know, you get there, you're like, oh, you know, I forgot a super clamp and a J-hook. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. But mo- for the most part, I, 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 I know, I can look at now, I can look at anything and I'm like, oh, I know how to like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and I, I was so insecure as a photographer for so long, but, you know, doing everything myself, not having much help, saying, oh my God, can I do that? Can I do that? And the answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yeah. And what photographers, photographers, that's what I call them, are doing now is they don't even they don't even stress themselves about not knowing how to do it. They just hire people yeah. that do and say, light it like this, and I'll be up here schmoozing with the the people. And I like to schmooze too. Yeah. And I think photographers do earn that. But I also think that it's fascinating to me that some of them have no interest in that part of the process. I have a client that said to me, he goes, I recognize when they do that on set, they never come back because they like to smooth with me, but I'm interested in their interpretation and the art form. They don't recognize that, see? So that's, and you don't know which one of your clients feel that way. So I just make sure that, you know, I'm there with my guys and, you know, I'll sometimes break down with them (laughs) or break down, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I like to stay, you know, this is this is the only thing I wanted ever since I sat in a foxhole in Germany. To be yeah. yeah, yeah, your hands are on the craft and you want to know it. Yeah, because that's like the thing, it's the thing I've noticed more and more like the last few years, like I keep hearing the term like lighting tech, like you hire lighting tech. Oh, which, what, what, which, what is that? Yeah, which which whatever. I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth on it. I'm like, because, uh, yeah, as you know, like when you're working commercially, it's it, it is a team effort and everyone has has a role. It'd be a digital tech or stylist or whatever. Um, but I've always, I always I don't know. I've kind of gone back and forth on that term because I'm like, if if you if you as a photographer can't light yourself, 
like what are we doing like that's the whole point of being a photographer <laughs> i that's don't know the, that's what but I maybe thought the point was. but yeah but maybe maybe i'm looking at it wrong i don't know it's a it's a conversation i go back and forth with people on the well there's no point to go back and forth with it people have asked me hey will you come be a lighting tech and i i know what they mean but i always say what is that i never heard of that well, can you tell me what that is yeah. And they'll say, oh, you know, the photographer is going to show you how they want. And like, well, then, you know, just give me the camera. Let me shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that way I'll need two assistants and no lighting tech. And we'll just and you'll save a thousand dollars on the budget and no disrespect to anybody that does that because I've done it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also think that these these clients or vendors, vendors, clients, whatever, I also think that they bear some responsibility ability to feeding into this culture of we don't even hire photographers that need to know anything because half the time it's not even the photographer that's asking it's mm -hmm. the client yeah we have a photographer coming in to shoot this you know we're looking for a lighting tech so basically you're saying to me you know you're hiding some hiring somebody that has no clue about what they've got going on yeah um and that's what i am being insecure about no i know how to light i lit my whole entire book I lit my whole entire book from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> hey, so I mean, yeah, that's the confidence that that's the confidence that cannot be shaken. And I don't care that I didn't shoot the campaign for guests or Mew Mew or whatever. I could, mm -hmm. you know, I've been on jobs as a, as an assistant, and somebody walked by like, "Oh, are you shooting this?" I would say, "No, not this," but I could. Yeah. You know, if they gave me the, they I'm gave gonna, me the camera, I'm, I'm not, I'm going I'm to, I'm going to, it's coming, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just like, because this is not rocket science. And let me just interject this little thing. Yeah. When we all shot on film, nobody was interested in being a photographer. Cause you know why you had to think. Yeah. And you only had 36 shots to get it right. And it or you went through a lot of rolls of film. You had to have money. a process. <laughs> you pay for the, the, the tear sheet. Yeah. Not the tear sheet. The, um, the proof yeah. and you had to prove to your client and when they saw 19 crappy shots mm -hmm. you were automatically thrown into the category of not being worthy of being hired yeah you couldn't be sloppy because with digital you can be so sloppy and i've definitely found myself doing that like but then you have to like snap out of it like this sloppy shit like even like recently i started i uh for a while like i just wasn't using a light meter but now i've gone back to it so all my shoots i'm back oh yeah 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 light yeah. meter everything because it keeps you sharp because it's like it, it, once you like have a process it, i feel like this streamlines it but with with like you know photoshop and digital cameras like you can just get sloppy because mm -hmm. you can be like fucking three stops over under whatever mm -hmm. you, it, it, you can save it but it's not that's not the way you want to be as a professional you don't want to be that way as a professional and i went to brooks and it was very 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 technical so much so that you know, I struggled with being creative when I got out of school because I, I was struggling so hard with trying to be creative. And that's a little bit of where this came from as well, because I just wanted to be, you know, I, I wanted to be, you know, creative. I would flip through all these different magazines. I'm like, oh, that's a cool concept. I never would have thought. It's one of the things that I loved about being in school and you get come back to crit, critique mm -hmm. day, when all of us have the same assignment and then you get come back and you get to see everybody's interpretation of that. Um, and that's where you draw your creativity from. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Next time I'm going to do this. I worked regular jobs throughout school. It was a little bit, it, it, was, a, it was a huge disadvantage for me because I wasn't able to absorb it all the way mm -hmm. I should have because I had to work. I was not a rich kid. I had to yeah. work. 
And I think as a result, I lost a lot, mm-hmm. but I am determined and focused and I got my degree and then I came here to be a photographer 20 years ago. Unbeknownst to me, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And, and you kind of went similar route to me. Like I went to photography school and then spent uh, years being a photo assistant to all different types of photographers. And you, you've gotten to work for a lot like bigger photographers. You, you work for some of the legends in the game. Like, yeah. It, how's that kind of experience you know getting to getting to work with so many different people like do you, do you feel that oh was good yeah you know i grew up watching like house of style as i'm sure more photog- most of us did and everything having to do with photography I was, i've been on set like i came in to put frank ockenfels mario testino norma Jean roy art striber matthew rolston yeah. um uh Brian Adams, the singer, who's an excellent photographer, and just just looking and watching, and Casper, who is the most authentic person I've ever seen on set, yeah. because she just puts it all out there. She has a blast, and it it let me know that you really, really can be yourself, and your clients will respond to that if you turn over some work that's really good. So, yeah, it it, it definitely sort of gave me a perspective about creating my own lane mm-hmm. and i really wanted that to happen and and you know un- not unfortunately that's the wrong word as a result i'll say i started being known as the black hollywood photographer in los angeles mm-hmm. <laughs> i said i'll take it yeah. um but you know some guy looked at my instagram recently because he wanted me to shoot some shots for him and you know what he said to me he goes you have a lot of black people on your Instagram. I said, well, I'm black and I shoot all people and I tend to focus on people that look like me and the skin tones and all that. But it made me wonder how many white photographers are told that they have 95% white people in there. They aren't because that is the default. So I'm, it's all these battles yeah. that I'm constantly fighting and having to defend you know, it's really, it's really, really strange. And commercially, commercially, it, 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 it's changing, and it has changed. But when I first got to LA, I didn't even try to shoot black people because that's not what yeah. people wanted. You yeah, know? yeah, it's tough. Like people want to put you in a box and think you only do one thing or whatever. But I mean, like it's, it's like ass backwards. It's like you're a creative person. Like if you're a creative person, you can. You can figure out whatever creative problem you have in front yeah. of you. That's that's the whole thing that's about right. me. that's what gets frustrating about like the creative way, which I get it. I mean, right, especially in regards to the commercial stuff, because it's like companies are spending all this money and stuffs on on like their jobs online. So they unless you have the exact same thing, but it's so frustrating. It's like, yo, put anything in front of my lens. You like you and me both. We've been at this twenty plus years. Like twenty I'm years. Line it up. We'll like, knock it down, man. <laughs> Because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, if, if I get nervous, it's, it's sometimes I don't. Some 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 clients are a little quiet, and you can't make as many jokes. Yeah. So you kind of you learn that. I, I remember one of my last clients. I had my um, scarf because sometimes you show up and the air the air conditioner is, is blasting within the morning, and I was keeping it on. And I said, "Hey, you know, sometimes I walk around with this, so, so it makes me feel important." And they just kind of looked at me. I was just like. Okay, that joke did not go over well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be going back to the setup. I had a job in Chicago. This is funny. You like this story. And the client who was supposed to pull all the equipment 
I landed in Chicago. The next morning, there was no equipment there. We were supposed to start shooting around 11. No equipment. Uh, for whatever reason, they wouldn't take my insurance because it was, L- it was LA to a production. So yeah. long story short, uh, I go to two different rental houses in Chicago. Finally, one let us do it. And by the time we got it all back to the, the studio, it was literally 2.30. Yeah. So I'm irritated because I was like, dude, this is not how I handle things. This should have been done. You could have asked me and I would have helped you. Like, like what's happening? But the producer who's a good friend of mine. She goes, I wasn't concerned because I know that you were out doing what you do. And there was a guy who was with the client uh, when we got back and he was sitting in the sort of the sofa area. He goes, I promise you, I looked down for three minutes once we're back. And when I looked back up, you had four sets going yeah. with all these lights and we caught back up. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I, I, cause you know, now for us, it's, it's just second nature. And like I said to you, I already knew how it was going to light. So once the equipment was there, you know, I'm like sandbag, beauty dish, Ellen Chrome, Fotec, <laughs> light, yeah. you know, okay, that's set one, set two, I need a Kino, yeah. I need a Diva, give me, you know, an Ari, you know, I already know. Yeah. So I knew that when I shot the first shot, they were all going to go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I, that was my goal is to get to that point. Because I remember a really, uh, one of my teachers, Paul Myers said, you only have a window to hold the confidence of the client. Mm-hmm. Once you lose the confidence of the client, it's really hard to get it back. So that I go into every shoot that I do Obviously, they have the confidence in me because they hired me, but to keep it. I think most photographers do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and like Art Striber, they know what they're going to get with him. Yep. It's probably just second nature. I don't think he thinks about it, but he wants to impress and, and please the people that hire him as well, like the rest of us. So that's what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like the longer you do this, uh, it becomes less about like any like technical thing. Obviously, that stuff's important, but it becomes the longer you do it, it's more about uh, like you were talking about, like the the, you know, the relationship you have with your client, being able to like um, explain creative ideas in uh, like a succinct way. And then also, most importantly, like having your connection with your subject, being able to like get something out of them, because like you can write up lighting schemes all day and night and you can execute that no problem but it, at the end right. of the day it's really connecting with it's it, it's about the people it's about it's about like being able to connect on the creative call and then be able to c- connect on the shoot with the client and you know when stuff's going south like the day you had in chicago it's like shit might be yeah. going hay- haywire but being like nah we're good this is normal like we got we're it good, we're, yeah. we're gonna figure <laughs> it out and that that's yeah. really that's the job like if you can do that like i feel like that's like that's the skill Oh, yeah. And that's what I said. The only thing that was in my brain was get this stuff back, get it lit. I went with two local guys. I hired two local guys to help me. And they were ones driving me around. Mm-hmm. And I said, once we had the stuff, I said, this is what we're going to do when we get back there. Mm-hmm. You get on this, da, 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 da. you start handling this, make this happen. That's step one. And But when we landed, it's like, let's, we, we don't have time. Mm-hmm. And listen, I... I, I am the person that believes that you can get anything you want from anybody and it's all in the presentation. Mm-hmm. And I know how I am. I don't know people screaming and yelling at me and calling my mom names. That doesn't help 
you get anything from me that you want. So I'm a two-way thinking adult. Let me know what you need and we'll get it and we'll make it work. So I was I was calm. I was like, listen, if we have to be here till 1 a.m., then that's what it is. But when we get back and, and we got caught up, it was really, really fascinating. I think we wrapped around 7.30, which also said to me, I didn't have to be here at eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I always like to get early just in case, man. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, nah, but like one thing that I was most impressed with and, you know, something like I, I've just kind of tried to follow along is like the fact that you made this book project out of nothing. Like no no one funded it except yourself. No one produced right. it except yourself. And That's now right. you ha- now you have this book with like a book of award winning actors and performers and whatnot. Yes, and I that's the thing I take away with is like because I'm I remember being in like college or whatever, photo school, and you think like, oh, like I gotta wait until like you know someone hires me and then I can do this. And like, no, like the be- I feel like the best work I've ever made, I don't know if you'd agree, it's the stuff I'm I'm doing myself. Like obviously the yeah the, the client work is the greatest, but I just looking at what you did over 12 years, that that's the thing I, I take away more than anything as a photographer is like if you have an idea, like yeah, um, there's no excuse, like you can figure it out. <laughs> like you can figure it out. Well just do it. So listen, so it's so funny you 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 just brought that up because the reason I, one of the, it's multiple reasons. One of the reasons I did my book is because nobody was hiring me commercially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like we just talked about, it. I'm like, listen, I know how to light. I know how to do this. I know my stuff. Like, why am I not being hired? But you know what? I'm not going to wait on them to hire me because I know how to do this stuff. I'm going to create this. You know, all of that was a part of me coming up with what I wanted to do yeah. to move myself forward. So yes, I had a couple of lights. I had access to Smashbox Studios at the time. Um, cause I worked there like on the weekends or something. Cause I had a full-time job. I worked on the weekends. Um, and Donato who ran the grip room and the facilities was like, yeah, you can test as much as you want. I'm like, I'm going to take those opportunities to create this thing that I want to create. I'm going to test lights that I would have never used, you know, going to work in that space was a whole entire new education from Brooks. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have certain, uh, equipment at Brooks. We used light stands, not C stands. Well, we called softboxes softboxes, not chimeras. So it was a whole education that I thought I had that I had to learn. So, yeah, I created it out of absolutely nothing. And did I tell you the story about Basic Instinct? No. That shot? Because no. I just told it really quick. I was to shoot Lauren London as Sharon Stone for Basic Instinct. And if you look at the film, Sharon's, it's the, it's the famous uh, interrogation scene where, you know, all the guys are staring at her. And if you look at that, she's sitting on that chair. She has that white dress on. And behind her is um, a center block wall. And I like to do everything in camera as much as I can. Um, so it was a Tuesday and I was shooting home Wednesday. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I, yes, if I have to drop it, then I'll drop it in. But I prefer not to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm like stressing. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to find this wall. And I'm running around going to these different uh, set wall places. And I made a left off of Santa Monica Boulevard and I had to pass Coyote Studios. At the same time that I'm passing Coyote Studios and I did not intend to stop. I look over because I always do. Stage one doors open and two guys are carrying a center block wall. <laughs> and I hit my brakes. I'm like, <laughs> and I back up and I get out. I'm like, I'm like, wait, <laughs> whose wall is this? <laughs> it was, it was, it was Tractor Vision's wall. And I know Fabian 
Fabio really, really well. So they're like, oh, you have to call Fabio. So like, Fabio, this is Tommy, which is my first name. Um, I am going to, uh, I'm shooting him all and I want to rent this wall. He goes, okay, listen, when, I'm, oh God, when, the, when, when we're done, you can, uh, I'll put it in three and you can just pay us to come pick it up because that client is done with it. Yeah. And I was just like, holy smoke. <laughs> So the next day when she walked in, we had a center block wall. I lit it. And if you look at the shot, I don't know if you can, if you look at the shot, it's just, it's a couple V flats cut in half and some kinos because there's a glow in the center block wall and her in front of it. So I be, just became a much better lighter. Like I, I want to try my hand at lighting motion. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe an assistant to a DP. I love DPs. I do a lot of BTS on commercials and I go up to all the DPs and say, you are my favorite part about commercials because I love what you do and how you do it. And I love lighting. Yeah, I really do. So everything happened for a reason. The very first shot in my book was the, actually the very first shot that I did is Aisha Hines in front of the American flag. Mm -hmm. And uh, Smashbox had an American flag that was like a, a 17 foot by uh, 14, 15 foot flag. And it just happened to be my first shot. I lit it, put her in front of it, and she was patting. So you have to take what's around you to use. Yep. And so many things came to just, just happen that way. So it almost felt like, dare I say it, like divine intervention at some points. I'm just grateful. I just wanted to meet the moments, you know? Yeah, definitely. I am a walking, living, living example that if you build it, they will come. Hell yeah. And like, do you feel like the, cause like some of these shoots you're doing, they're not like you're building sets. There's tons of models. Did like the, the longer you did it, the, did the kind of production value start to go up and up? Cause it's like a lot of these shoots are like, they're, they're not like small yeah. productions. It's like a, a lot of people involved in props and all that styling and everything. But uh, Lucy there, I think you froze again. Yeah. <laughs> no, the thing I the thing I was saying is like looking at a lot of these shoots is like they're not small productions. It's a lot of people involved. No, it's a, it's a lot of yeah. props. You're building sets. Um, did, yep. did the longer you do it, did the kind of production start to go up and up with the sets kind of got bigger or? Oh yeah, you know I um I I wanted to expand and elevate as out as 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 bigger and bigger names were coming like. When I shot Layla Hathaway, I literally, I had a, they said yes the day before. Mm -hmm. And when people say yes, you don't have time to think about it. You have to, you have to work. And I shot her from one day to the next. And luckily I had a couple of people around me that I could call and say, hey, I want to create this. I want to create that. Um, so as I, as I did more and more and more, and I got more comfortable putting my own money behind things and going to rent things and buy things and going to the prop house, um uh going to the prop house and all that it was just it was great to uh have everybody come back there but they, it was more and more and more people sometimes you needed you know three four or five assistants yeah to do it so yeah you got hair makeup wardrobe um craft service <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was it was it was a lot yes it was no, it's impressive the stuff you've done. And was it kind of a lot of the same crew that would that worked on on this project over the years, or did it kind of switch up over the course of twelve years? I guess. Yeah, you know what's funny is, 
it's 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 so funny because it's it like happened like in waves, right? Where you start with the same two people and then somebody can't make it and it switches out and that person's with you for a year and a half and then they go and then they come back and then another guy comes and he's there for two years because he's really eager to learn and then that switches. You know, it just, it, uh, it, it did happen that way. The most consistent person was this kid named David Cortez mm-hmm. who came, he became like my, literally my right hand. And I was the first person to bring him into a major big studio. He was so fascinated. He just absorbed so much so quick. And in the beginning, I wasn't paying him. Yeah. And one day I was running late to a shoot. And I said, hey, David, I'll meet you in uh, the studio. I'm going to be about 20 minutes late. He goes, no problem. I'll be there and all that. So when I got in there, he had set all these lights up. And I said, who set it up? He goes, I did. I'm like, how'd you learn that? He goes through you. And I was just impressed. Yeah. And I said, dude, that's, that's what you do. Like now you're about va- like now you're valuable. Yeah. And now I have to start offering you money to come <laughs> and help me, which, which I did. Yeah. And he had a job about two years ago, right before COVID where he um, was about to shoot Serena Williams. And he said, Hey, I just want you to know that this moment exists because you were in my life and you taught me so much. It was, it was just so touching. I love yeah. him. He's like my little brother. I, um, when I got a physical copy of the book, he was visiting in LA cause now he lives in New York. And, um, he, I, he and I have pictures holding it. So it's just fun. Hell just yeah, fun. man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause it, it is a team it is a, a lot of these shoots when you're doing big productions like that you, you need the crew that are invested as much as you are and like you can depend on it. it, it that's, I feel like once you can get that team, it takes your work to the next level, you know? Yeah, and you could keep more. Like, that's why it changed. I'll be, I'll be right back. Thanks so much because you know, and yeah, do you want me to keep talking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when when you're paying people, you know that's a that's a really cool way to keep them around. And when um, when you're paying people, that's 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 the cool way to keep them around. Mm-hmm. And um, I just lost my train of thought. Paying people keep them. No, nah, we're we're. I was just talking about. Sorry, I was trying. I had to plug in my computer yeah. here. Yeah. Um. No, nah, I was just talking about how like with, with these shoots you're with these shoots you're doing, it's a uh, hold on one sec. Um. No, but the question the question I was asking was like, when you look at these shoots you've done, it it's it, the productions are not small. Like you're building sets. There's lots of props involved. Lots of models. Um. So when when you when the productions are getting bigger and bigger, like. Like how important is like the crew you're working with um, to make these productions happen, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, they have to know their stuff, right? They have to know what I'm doing. I I usually sat down with them and say, this is what's going to happen or right before the shoot. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys that needs 206 lights on set. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been on set. I'm like, why are we using these lights i could have lit this with three lights <laughs> but sometimes it's a show but when yeah. you when you're doing it this way you don't have time or the inclination or the money to create a show yeah but uh david was really instrumental in learning my technique and and there's shots that everybody was shot the same against white mm-hmm. so we literally did a, a hot white and an ellen chrome mm-hmm. so somebody would be working on that or if it wasn't enough space sometimes we do that shot first and then if they're going to be covered in blood or extreme makeup mm-hmm. we would um do the shot as themselves first and if that wasn't going to work uh then we would do would do the scene that we we're doing and then that shot mm-hmm. so if you had two sets going that's why i stopped doing interviews i stopped, stopped doing interviews because 
I had already asked them to come to the studio and I had already asked them to get into regular clothes and I asked them to get into the recreated, the recreated shot. Mm -hmm. And now I'm asking you to stay for a questionnaire. And I just thought, you know, I don't want to abuse, you know, how gracious they're being with it. Yeah. Time. So I would just, I just eliminate that. And now, you know, they're sending quotes back now for the book and for the, the book tour and, I'm going to see some of them on the road who don't live in LA anymore. They're going to come join me at a, a signing, nice. which is it's just really really cool, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, how how was like the editing process of this book, putting it together? Like, did every shoot you do make the book, or like, how is that process of like kind of deciding the this the kind of the edit, the flow of the book, and whatnot? Yeah, no. Every shoot I did did not make the book. Um, I am so bummed out that Sinbad, who I shot for the book, did not make it. Mm-hmm. And it was an agreement that we had with his his wife and himself. And at the end of it, they just didn't feel like it captured what they wanted him to be seen as. And and that was my agreement. I was fine with I was fine with that not happening. Yeah. And um I shot another young lady who at the time was on um I think X Factor or something. Yep. But she ultimately didn't go on to do a whole lot. She could still sing, but she just, it, it wasn't worth putting her in because of her status. So, yeah. Yeah. So everybody didn't make it, but you know, every, it was, it was, it was like, you know, it, there was a lesson and you have to make it happen. You got to do what you have to do and, and, and then see. And then in terms of like, yeah. se- and then in like terms of like sequencing, like how did you kind of approach that aspect of the book? Is it kind of, chronological in terms of like when you shot it or it's kind of varies this whatnot like how do you kind of do the sequencing no i think the sequencing in this book is based is alphabetical order okay uh which is ironic which is ironic i think it's alphabetical order by maybe first names but that can't be right uh maybe it is first name so aisha hines is the first shot that i did do mm-hmm. and i think she's the first one in the book and i believe Blair Underwood is the last in the book. He was the last person I shot. Was he the last person? He was next to the last. Anyway, he's in the back of it. Yeah. And it 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 just it it worked out that way. It, it, like I said, uh, Alex, this whole thing happened. It almost felt like a divine intervention, and I just wanted to meet 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 the moments that were clearly being presented to me. Yeah. And make sure that you know I was there to make them happen. And and let me just say this. I think all of us have that. I think all of us possess something we've ignored, something we want to do. That's not just your desire to do it. That's the angels that sit on your shoulder. That's ancestors. That's, you know, the photo gods in this particular case that's telling you to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have completed every single thing I've ever started. So when I first when I joined the army, I'm like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm going to get through this. I got through it. When I went to Brooks, I said, hey, I guess I'm going to get a degree. I got a degree. When I walked the Camino, I'm like, I guess I'm going to walk a thousand miles. And I did. And when I started this book, I was like, I, I guess I'm going to have a book at the end of this. Yeah. That's just who I am as a person. Yeah. And I told I told the people, we, they had this great dinner for authors the other night. And I said, listen, I was ready to be that guy that would go to Costco and get this printed and then have a bunch of them in my trunk yeah. and say, hey, 
Alex, that book is out. It's 27 bucks. You want to yeah. buy one? <laughs> no, dude. Like, people, people got to go back and listen to the interview I did with Corell a couple of years ago because it was before you had a publisher. You were still shooting the project. And it, I think it were, yeah. well, you, you, I just remember hearing you, you're like, I'm, I'm not quitting. Like, I'm going to find a publisher. I'm going to make this book. If I got to do it myself, I'm going to do it myself. And like, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I need to go back and listen to that yeah. because. Because that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. You cannot give your power over to somebody else. And like you pointed out that this was self-produced, self-funded. Like that's a gem going to a publisher. You they don't you don't have to give another dime to anybody else. I own all of the images. Yeah. And they're like, they couldn't even believe it. They're like, everything is free and clear. I'm like, yes. Like you have all of the images released by all the celebrities. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and you know, I know what that means. I know the, the 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 implications behind that. And I was literally trying to make it easy for anybody who thought that they wanted to get behind me and help produce. I just, I wanted to make it um, easy for them to say yes. Yeah. And, right. you know, you got to kiss a lot of frogs, Alex. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we we talked about this when we got lunch a couple weeks ago or whatever this like yeah. uh, a large part of this business is just getting used to getting rejected and taking the yeah. nose because it's just like and it never quits like it never stops like you, you, it never stops you get bigger you get better jobs but it's still like it's just part of it i don't know like do you, it's do you feel, part of it you, you feel you get better with that like this the rejection if it's commercial work or whatever is just find a publisher um yeah you know yeah, i do but you know what something weird happened to me i was on hold to shoot um uh, the Real Housewives of Potomac, their, their cast photo. Yep. And I'm not going to call names, but they, they call me and went back and forth about lighting. They, they, I was going to fly to DC to do it. I had a local guy there who had worked on a couple of shoots. So he's like, oh, I'm he's a good friend of mine. He goes, I'm available to help. I said, oh, perfect. Yep. And they're like, can you fly on this day? And, and all of a sudden, they just stopped communicating with me. Yeah. Like, they just stopped. And then a couple of times, I sent an email like, hey, you know, is this happening? The date is approaching, no response. And then they could do it one more time and then I could take a hint, Yeah, you know, but I, I'm fine with rejection. But like I said, don't string me along. But okay. I learned a long time ago, don't count the money before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, don't count. I used to count the money. That That's, uh, but I think that's just like mad unprofessional on their part. Like, you know, it's like. It's horrible. Yeah. And these that, were a big, this is, this is, um, you know what? I, I have this 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 deal I made with myself. If it's not a lie, I don't care about naming people. This was NBC Universal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what the like like they called me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know, asked me if I could do it, I'd be willing to do it. And then it went back and forth and back and forth and yeah. asking me about plane tickets and getting there. And then I flipped through Instagram and the cast photos out. And it's just one of those things. But you know, I'm a little older now, I'm a little wiser now. So I just, I just recognize that um, you, you, you can't, you can, you have to, you can't ingest it. No. Nah. Yeah. You know, and that's, and let me, I want to make sure I touch on this. That's one of the things that my book helped fulfill in me, my need and my desire and my want to be creative. The issue was I paid for my book. So I, it wasn't generating any money for me. Mm -hmm. And I got to watch so many of my contemporaries go on to shoot amazing things and explore with lighting and, and 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 explore their creativity with you know Odell Beckman Jr or whoever it was 
I was like, you know, but you know, you shake it off. And you yep. say, at least at the end of this, I will have something that I created. And it's not just a bunch of commissioned work because some of those same contemporaries, you know, it's a job. They don't necessarily feel connected to the work and they do excellent work, but you know, it's, it sells you for the next thing on your website. This is, is more than just that. For me. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I told you before, I think like once this book comes out and people see it, I think a, a lot of opportunities are going to come your way because like the, another thing that I was so impressed with in the day and age of like social media and everyone just needs to share constantly. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. You, I know what you, you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you did not share one picture on social media in this project in the course of 12 years. Like not one. No. Like I never, no. I only saw it when I, a couple weeks ago when I got the calendar and I got to see the book in person. But like, Ew. like how, like, was that your mindset from the beginning? Like I'm not sharing anything until it's done because you know how it is as photographer. You're, you're trying, you're trying, you're always looking for that next job. So you got to like promote your work and have yeah, people see it. Yeah, but like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I mean. Like hats off to you to, for having that patience and like not sharing it until you, now you have this brand new body of work that everyone's going to see. Yeah. So first off, don't forget, I wrote my birthday for you down in that calendar. Yeah, yeah I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I got it. I can't and my <laughs> And my cash. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let us, let us remember that when I started this book, Instagram did not exist. Yeah, there was no such thing as Instagram. There was Facebook and Tumblr, and I always knew that I didn't want to. You know, I would give people a peek to what I was doing because I had all this BTS footage, and there's a great YouTube channel where you can go and watch me recreate all these scenes mm -hmm. and all these movies. I thought that was going to be enough to sort of feed the people until the finished product, and I got complaints. I got all these things, a couple conceptual things that people wanted me to do. And, but it was obvious what I was doing and it was obvious what it was gonna look like. So I didn't, I didn't feel the need to release anything because I didn't need anybody to, I didn't need you know, 47 people to click that they liked it. My grandmother liked it. Yep. I just need to make sure I kept it under wraps. And you can't go to a publisher saying, hey, I want you to publish this book for me. And by the way, all the shots have been seen by all the people that follow me because they're like, yep. okay, what the hell is the point? Mm -hmm. um, dealing with a bunch of booksellers this past weekend, this girl just, I posted her saying, oh my God, this is such a fun book to flip through. Like you instantly know the shot. It's like seeing Hollywood again for the first time, mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite taglines because nobody's seen it. Not even my closest, closest, closest friends. The day that I posted that video of me opening and seeing the book for the very first time, that was about a, a, you know, a 55 second, one minute clip of what happened. So after all that, I was flipping through it and my friend was flipping through it who helped me on a lot of the sets and he was ahead of me. So I'm looking back and going back and he goes, oh my God, Green Lantern. Oh my God, <laughs> Basic Instinct. Oh my God, Melena Dietrich. And I'm like, oh shit, like I, I forgot about that. I yeah. haven't gotten there yet. Anyway, he was like, because he was ahead of me in the book. I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't even... I was so far behind him that like flipping through it, I'm looking for different things, right? I'm looking for making sure everything is in focus and making sure that the the, the bleeds are happening the way it's supposed to. And he's just calling out, you know, Lucille Ball and uh, Mommy Dearest and, um, and all that. So I was like, God, that's a lot of work. And to me, and I hope this doesn't sound anything other than like, just be always be motivated always be enthusiastic about your work 
always, always, always. And to me, this book feels like, when I hold it, it feels like somebody handed me this book and said, you should be inspired by this. Hell yeah. No, because I, I am. I, me too, man. Like getting to know you in the last couple of years is this like this amount of work you put into it and this like having the patience, the patience to make the work, the patience to show the work, the patience to find a publisher. It's like that's one thing I take away from. Obviously, I love the work and everything. But as a photographer, getting to see this much work, it's just like, oh, yeah, man, if you just like keep working, keep like trying to make new work every year, every month, whatever, and have patience yeah. like shit can happen. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So that's 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 my thing. Somebody goes, "Oh, you should do one," you know, Hispanic, and I'm like, "Oh, you should do Asian." I said, "Listen, I am not Hispanic or Asian. Mm-hmm. I don't know the culture, but I will. Su- maybe they all come and do it under me and do it under my company, yeah. and I guide and support because if you're a Hispanic photographer, Hispanic people and entertainers really support that." You know, so that sounds like an excellent idea. You know, Asian representation is a major topic right now. So do that. Like, yeah. I think it's I, I, it's 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 so much stuff that's not been plugged into yet. And if anybody's listening to this and want to, you know, do that under my, that my guys and a company, then let's do it. And I yeah. can help them, you know, publishing and all that at, when it gets to that point. I just think it's a phenomenal thing. And it doesn't have to be movies. It could be whatever people want. Yeah. And like, and thinking like to wrap up, like, um, now this book coming out, like, what do you like looking back all the work you created, like over the last 12 years on this project? Like, yeah. What do you think you learned most about like either yourself or just being a photographer, like over the course of these last 12 years, what what do you think you learned the most? What I have learned the most is People are bullshitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't believe anything they say until they walk into the studio. Yeah. And uh, above all, above all, above all, above all, above all, believe in yourself. I know that sounds like a cliche. Yeah. But you're going to have enough people doubting you. And even in the midst of it, even in the midst when you tend to doubt yourself, you know, because I did. I oh, doubt yeah. myself. I get down, down and out. I get bummed out. And then, you know, I would sulk. And then, you know, two, three, four days later, I would say, okay, let, I would look at all the people that said yes. I'm like, okay, so I'm, people are saying yes to this. So I'm, I, I'm, something's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I'll just swerve and maneuver through the people that say no and just find those people and find like-minded individuals and continue the process. And that's what I did. And that's how I got the book uh, completed. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I enjoy that process of like, you know, someone says no, like, because I've had that with this podcast, like photographers who I, I love yeah. and admired, like some of the people yes. I got to interview them, but it took me years, like I had to keep reaching back, yeah. I didn't accept right. no, like wasn't annoying, like would reach out, whatever, but it's the same thing with like anything, it's like, I'm sure plenty of people there in your book, like it didn't just, it wasn't just one email, like, hey, you want to do this shoot, it's like, no, it's like, Keeping in contact. Oh, with- dude. <laughs> yeah. it, it was keeping in contact. And, and let me tell you, I I used to be a the lead photographer for a gifting company. They gave all these different celebrities gift, gifts. So I was the lead photographer. I was the first person they would see. And I had a camera in my hand and they all started to start recognizing me. So a lot of that came through that. And when I had enough from that, I was able to create, you know, some 
a few shots that, and I always hated sending shots out yeah. with watermark to say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I would love to get you involved. And, you know, I was always happy until somebody said, let's oh, contact my PR. Cause that's just a nice way of saying no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I sometimes I wouldn't even bother because PR try to make you jump through hoops. They wanted me to answer all these questions. Yeah. I remember seven years ago, they're like, who's publishing? What's the pub date? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any of that. And they're like, okay, we're going to pass. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But yeah. I just saw her in an interview last week say that she likes to help people struggling and, and you got to be there for each other. Was that just, I believe that. So yeah, people say one thing and mean another. And you just, you just got to, you know, I was my biggest cheerleader. People say to me, who was your favorite photographer? And I say me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> So I believe that and I wanted to, um, you know, make sure that came across in the work. <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate it. I guess like wh what's next, man? Like obviously the, we got the book release par parties on October yes. 1st. Like I said, anybody in the LA area, Coyote Studios in West Hollywood, right? West Hollywood, 1011 North Fuller Ave, Los Angeles, 90046. Yeah. I'll so what's next is... Yep. Yeah, links. Everybody's welcome. And I, I just want to say this: the, the tickets are seventy-five bucks, uh, but a book with that. Mm -hmm. And if you buy two drinks in West Hollywood, you're going to pay forty bucks anyway. But yeah. now you get to drink, dance, eat, come have your book signed by me and multiple people who are coming from the book. Not everybody, but yeah. a lot of people are. And a silent auction, and just to enjoy this body of work over the last twelve years. Mm -hmm. And. And, and just know that, you know, if you're hesitating to do something, just start it. If you don't have the money, I didn't either. Mm -hmm. You know, just started. They had a life and two people that would help me. And I called them. They said they couldn't. And then I had to find a couple of people that did. And, um, you know, if you're an artist, do you have a voice? It's all going to come through. It's all going to come through. Yep. Well, Corel, man, can't thank you enough. Always a pleasure talking to you. And, uh, mm -hmm. So excited to see the book. Everyone can go purchase the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, October 4th. I'll, I'll link it, but uh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. And, and let me just say this. I think what you do is excellent. You get photographers a voice. Uh, and I, I just want to thank you for your time, for your friendship, and just for all the support. I, I am going to go back and listen to um, uh, the, our first meeting, but I do remember that you said, hey, once the book is out, I'll have you back. And look, you're yeah. a man of integrity, a man of your word, like myself. Hell yeah, and man. that does not go unnoticed, man. And I, I cannot wait to see you at the party. Yeah. I know you don't drink, yeah. but I hope you drop it like it's hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a good time, man. I love <laughs> yeah. I'm just so excited, man. It's going to be a great <laughs> night, man. Like, you Yeah, know? man. I was, I was stoked about it. Perfect. We yeah. can, uh, I'll end it there, man. Thanks, Corral. Cool. So there you have it. That was the Corell Augustus interview. Uh, can't thank Corell enough for taking the time to come back on the podcast. I know I really appreciated talking to him. Um, just getting to talk to him about his book release and everything that kind of went into this project. So I know he worked on it for so many years. And to finally get to publish a book of your project um, at that level is a, a no easy feat. Um, so congrats to him. 
Um, definitely go pick up a copy of uh, Krell's book. You can purchase it on Amazon.com as well as Barnes & Noble. I'll put a link in the description for the book if you'd like to purchase a copy. And also, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, if you're in the Los Angeles area, um, Krell's going to be having a book release party uh, this Saturday, October 1st at Coyote Studios in West Hollywood. Um, if you'd like to attend the book, um, I'll put a link in the description. You can just buy a ticket at eventbrite.com. Um, with the purchase of a ticket, you'll, it's included a book where you'll get a copy of the book, as well as there's going to be drinks, food, uh, entertainment, um, just a really great event. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, I recommend stopping by this Saturday, October 1st. And thanks again, Corel. Um, and definitely go follow Corel on Instagram at Corel Augustus, as well as his website, CorelAugustus.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.